DSCI helps logistics providers, banks and shippers to track air, ocean and road freight rates. Book a free demo at www.gsci.ti-insight.com. The link is in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of TI Talk Supply Chains. I'm your host, Kirsty Adams. This episode, you'll hear highlights from our European Road Freight Transport 2023 report. The market moderation we've seen in the second half of 2022 uh, has spilled over into 2023. You'll also learn what the market situation is for global air freight. There is a big decline from 2022 levels, but uh, they are sort of marginally trending back up. You probably want to know the highlights from the Road Freight Report. Me too. I'm Vicky Getskorowska, Research Manager at uh, TI. So what's the name of this report, please, Vicky? Well, yes, it's the European Road Freight uh, Report uh, 2023. So what are the most important points to have come out of the report? Well, probably... The most important finding is that uh, growth in the market has slowed down significantly and uh, the market moderation we've seen in the second half of 2022 uh, has spilled over into 2023. And as a result, the European road freight market is projected to lose speed this year and expand by only 1.4% in real terms. And it's mainly the war in Ukraine that acted as a major setback to the recovery of the European economy, causing a slowdown in the road freight market. Also, our data shows that the market actually will continue to experience this weak growth in the next uh, five years and will be characterized by declining activity. And obviously, this declining activity in the market is having a huge impact on freight rates with volumes dropping and available truck capacity increasing, we expect that the downward trend in freight rates uh, will continue in 2023. And uh, another thing is that the current market conditions are also uh, putting enormous pressure on road freight operators, and especially smaller road freight companies, which have started experiencing financial difficulties due to the rising operational costs and uh, the falling freight rates. As a result of this, some are being acquired by larger road freight operators. And what surprised you when you were doing the research? Well, yes, I think the market dynamics in the digital forwarding uh, market has changed significantly because during the pandemic, and especially after the reopening of um, economies, most of the digital forwarders had a lot of staff as they were planning for a different economic reality. But then the volumes did not materialize and uh, consumer demand moderated in early 2022. And as a result of this uh, new reality, most of the digital forwarders started laying off uh, staff and there are two reasons for this. As I said, one of them is the overhiring to keep up with rising demand. But another reason is the tougher investment environment. What we are seeing there is actually a shift in the venture capital landscape and uh, investors being more cautious uh, and slowing down the deployment of capital in digital forwarders. 
And one of the implications of this is that um, digital forwarders have had to reevaluate their growth strategy. And overall, their strategies uh, now will become more targeted towards profitability and towards profitable growth. And to achieve this, they will have to optimize their uh, resource uh, allocation. And the layoffs are a key element of this cost optimization process. So this is why we uh, should expect more layoffs in the coming months among the digital forwarders. Can you share some insight from the sustainability strategies of the top 20 European road freight providers? Yes, so the European Road Freight Report compares the sustainability initiatives of the top 20 road freight companies and compares the progress they've made uh, in reducing uh, emissions over the past five years. The comparison shows that a number of companies demonstrate ambitious targets for the next five to ten years. However, only five out of the top 20 companies uh, have set a carbon uh, neutrality target dates. DB Schenker and FedEx are some of the most ambitious road rate companies when it comes to achieving carbon neutrality, and both of them uh, have committed to become carbon neutral by 2040. And to reach this goal, they invest in various solutions. DB Schenker, for instance, they invest in renewable energies and they invest a lot in the electrification of uh, their fleet. For instance, in 2021, uh, DB pre-ordered around 1,500 fully electric vehicles, uh, which is the biggest order, the biggest contract for electric trucks in Europe to date. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, it would be very useful for uh, global manufacturers, the supply chain managers and uh, directors, and also logistics procurement uh, uh, managers. Banks and financial institutions uh, and investors would also gain a lot of um, knowledge and insights from the report. Any final comments? Well, yes, I would um, add that the um, report also contains valuable insights on the competitive landscape uh, in the European road freight market, in which we compare the top 20 companies against a range of criteria, including their financial performance and profitability, their technology investment and strategies, and their uh, sustainability strategies too. It's interesting to hear how digital forwarders are having to rethink their growth strategy. And it's hard to hear that smaller freight rate operators are struggling to survive. We'd love to hear from the small operators out there. How is your business? Email kadams at ti-insight.com. Hi, I'm Michael, Head of Commercial at TI Insights. I just wanted to interrupt for 30 seconds to tell you a bit more about TI's research and data. TI's research is devised to show you what's happening in the market today. That includes the changes to expect over the next year and the outlook for the industry for the next 5 to 10 years. This research is delivered with a mix of quantitative forecasts and qualitative insights. Our data platform, GSCI, empowers senior leaders at global logistics companies with the strategic intelligence they need to move their business forward. Okay, well, maybe that was slightly longer than 30 seconds. Forgive me. But if you want to find out more, you can email me on mglover at tiinsight.com or visit www.ti-insight.com. This information is also in the show notes. TI's quarterly air and ocean freight rate trackers provide data and insights on rates, volumes, among other things. 
There's a lot to talk about on this topic, and we know that you love it. But for this episode, we'll just be focusing on air freight rate. However, if you would like to hear about the ocean freight rates, then you can still watch the webinar that the TI team did a few weeks back, which covers air and ocean freight rates. The link, of course, for the webinar is in the show notes, as usual. Michael, Vicky and Janan from the TI Insights team will now go through what's new with air freight rates. If you have any questions for them, you can find their email addresses in the show notes. Obviously, we saw huge volatility on the air freight market over the last couple of years. That's largely unwinding now, but one of the symptoms of that is that more capacity is coming into the market, particularly on the belly uh, freight side. Um, but obviously, it still suffers from the same kind of challenges that we saw in terms of demand on the ocean freight side. So we still got uh, softening demand. And basically, if you look here at that, the chart, which looks at our um, sort of index overall, of overall air freight rates um, drawn from freighters here, you can see there is a big decline from 2022 levels, but uh, they are sort of marginally trending back up. And actually, anecdotally, you know, speaking with forwarders, hearing a lot more about a lot more discussions and more volumes and looking likely for the next uh, few months as well for air freight rates, so a bit of a recovery even in the last few weeks brightening and tightening really in the air freight market there's still uh, challenging conditions uh, really so that's the sort of overall picture and again we're still expecting sort of very moderate or stable levels of pricing in the air freight market in the next couple of quarters but then a, a, be- a bigger recovery in terms of well, increase in prices towards the start of next year um, as an overall picture we can dive now though into the detail a bit further so now we'll look at the demand side, looking at volumes again. And Vicky, could you just take us through this one? Yes. Well, according to TI's, TI's um, World Airport uh, Volume Index, uh, the throughput experienced a notable decline at the start of this year, followed by an upward movement. This um, is in a month-on-month comparison. Uh, volumes grew around 10 points in March 2023. But despite this small recovery, the current uh, volume remain around 16 index points below the peak we saw in March 2021. So overall, yes, there is a global weakness in the market, but um, this needs context because demand in the air freight market seems to be returning to normal after several years of extraordinary um, condition. So the situation and the dynamics now resemble uh, pre-pandemic uh, levels in many ways. And obviously, key risks still remain the increase in inflation and the resultant increase in interest rates. But then on the other hand, we are seeing a growing e-commerce sector, which could inject much needed demand into the market. Thanks, Vicky. And interesting, really, we're seeing the usual sort of seasonal trends there, but I suppose at that lower base from previous years as well, in terms of recovery of demand. So uh, on the capacity side, the data here showing um story there. Janan, can you just take us through this one? This is quite an interesting chart as it shows available cargo ton kilometers and cargo ton kilometers utilized. So essentially supply versus demand. We can see that there is still a gap recently. However, as Vicky said, the pace of the annual decline in demand has moderated over the past couple of months, suggesting some stability. The year-on-year contraction of CTKs, which are demand, narrowed further from a negative nine in February to a negative eight in March, which is a substantial improvement from a negative 17% in January. Uh, Demand was off to a slow start, but capacity has increased 10% compared to March of the previous year. 
the strong rebound in ACTKs as a reflection of addition in value space as the passenger market continues to recover from the pandemic. Thank you. So this kind of reflects that sort of tightening in the market, but obviously it'd be interesting to see when this uh, this particular data comes available for the current period, uh, what we see there. But um, yeah, uh, thanks uh, for sharing uh, that, Janan. We'll move on now to fuel prices again. Um, and when looking at aviation fuel, the notable trend is actually for that, you know, still trending down substantially from uh, the sort of peak aviation fuel prices that, that we saw. Um, but again, a bit like on the ocean freight side, our expectations are for much more stability in fuel prices and oil prices um, driving that over the next uh, year or so. So we, uh, you know, are expecting our fuel prices to remain relatively stable again throughout this year, not to have a huge effect on driving volatility um, in, in the air freight market either. Okay, so then turning on to the sentimental confidence index again for air freight, um, you know, uh, Vicky, can you take us through what the data shows here? Yes. Uh, so similar to the ocean freight confidence index, um, air freight confidence index is a little assessment of the market conditions in the air freight market. So um, every quarter we ask shippers and airlines and forwarders to share their expectations uh, for air freight rates on various trade lanes. And um, overall, uh, in the first quarter of 2023, more than half of um, the industry experts expect uh, rates to fall uh, in the coming months. Uh, so the sentiment is uh, pretty much similar to Q4 2022. And then if we look at the initial responses for the second quarter of uh, this year, uh, rates for uh, the Trans-Pacific lane might descend into deflationary territory, according to uh, the poll data whereas rates for the other two trade lanes are expected to stay above zero. That is, they uh, might see a slight um, increase in the next couple of months. Let's see how that feeds into the uh, outlook for uh, air freight rates then as well. So as you can see, uh, the sentiment actually matches fairly close with our expectations for air freight rates um, as well. So um, you can see we're basically looking at a moderate decline and deflationary effect on rates over the next quarter and then for rates to stabilize um, before increasing again to the start of 2024 um, really and that's the overall trajectory that we're seeing and that's largely driven by um, stabilization in the air freight market itself in terms of supply side issues uh, but also demand weakening but then re recovering um, so that's sort of what we're expecting to see um, over the next uh, year or so now, Janan, can you just take us through some of the supply side issues that are affecting this over the next few quarters? Well, on the air freight side, uh, the speed and scale of the reintroduction of belly freight into the market is key really to gauging the effect capacity will have on prices in the short to medium term. In the last three years, uh, several aircraft were either repurposed or brought out of retirement and uh, the passenger side continues to recover. So therefore, that might have a downward pressure on rates in the short to medium term. Uh, Maersk and MSC have also invested in their own freighter aircraft fleets, which must make a considerable contribution to capacity in the next coming years. So maybe over the longer term, should those fleets get really up and running, that may have a big impact on, the, on available capacity as well. Yeah, well, thanks for that, Janan. And then, you know, looking at the demand picture um, for the next a uh, few quarters. Uh, Vicky, could you just take us through our expectations there? 
Yes, well, in terms of demand, again, restocking activity will be a major driver of uh, air freight volumes. And it's a similar story to ocean freight, actually. Uh, Weak consumer demand uh, has resulted in in excess um, inventory, which will depress uh, short-term demand, possibly into Q3 2023. And then consumer confidence and consumer spending is another important indicator. And here, too, there is a lot of uncertainty because high interest rates will continue to hold back consumer spending in the next quarter or so. Uh, but there's also the possibility that monetary and wider financial conditions uh, could deteriorate, especially in the, in the US, and the US might go into recession, which obviously would further depress prices. Yes, obviously the US is such a massive driver, isn't it, on, on, on the air freight side. And yeah, interestingly there with the sort of dynamics of their inventory uh, levels as well, still relatively high. And that obviously has a much sort of higher geared effect on the air freight market um, when inventory levels are low, restocking required quickly. So if uh, inventory levels are high, it's likely to have a big impact on air freight demand as well, really. So yeah, so that's the overall picture for, for air freight. So not quite as, um, I suppose, substantial declines as we're seeing on the ocean freight. Uh, rate side, but still a softer market, really. And um, we're seeing waiting really for the recovery to drive rate increases again. Thank you, Vicky, Michael, and Janan. All the data we discussed can be found on our data platform, GSCI. Have a free demo with Michael. It really brings it to life. That's all from me this time, but come back, please, for the next episode. We'll be talking about automotive logistics. Bye for now.